Happy Saturday to you. A happy weekend to you. And thank you for making us part of your weekend right here on CBS Sports Radio. The calendar is flipped. The chill is in the air. And that can mean one thing and one thing only. Big time, meaningful college football is here. This is it. Last month, we got the official college football playoff rankings now on Tuesday. Moving forward, we can kind of see what the committee is thinking and where teams rank in their mind as we get closer to Selection Sunday, just over a month away, or I guess really exactly a month away um, from this Saturday. And now, truly, we will start to see the contenders separated from the pretenders. 20 minutes from now, I want to get into this elimination Saturday in college football. Four teams inside the top 10 of the first college football playoff committee rankings, I think will be eliminated from the college football playoff consideration race to the final four by the time Saturday night ends. Really 24 hours from now, four teams inside the top 10, their season in terms of chasing a playoff spot, done. Eliminated. See you next year in 2024. I'll tell you who those four teams are here in a second. But I do want to touch on the latest development that has come down with the Michigan cheating scandal. And that is that we learned on Friday night, Connor Stallions, the man accused of being the ringleader for this cheating scandal of Michigan, has officially resigned from his position with the Wolverines. Not only has he resigned, he has failed to cooperate with any investigation that is right now ongoing into this scandal. So he's resigned and has also failed to cooperate with anyone. You know what that tells me? Michigan's guilty. Michigan cheated. Resigning from your post, you would not do if you were innocent. And if you knew that what you said would get Jim Harbaugh and other coaches in trouble, you wouldn't say anything, which is why he's not. Which is why that's only more guilt by not participating in any sort of investigation, which to me concludes everything right now alleged is true. Michigan did cheat. And with them cheating, should not be allowed to participate in the college football playoff this season. It seems pretty cut and dry to me at this point, right? We talked a lot about it last week. And I gave you my take on why I don't think Michigan, if guilty of cheating, should be eligible for the college football playoff. And now a week later, with the resignation and lack of uh, participation in an investigation, this screams to me guilty. This is the evidence you are looking for to make a quick decision before the postseason for college football begins. And this week we also learned in the Big Ten, head coaches and athletic directors are now pressuring first-year commissioner Tony Batiti of the Big Ten to make a ruling on Michigan status for the upcoming postseason again in a month from now. Because right now, it seems like the NCAA, with their, with their glacially slow pace, is not going to have this investigation wrapped up by the time December 3rd comes around, which is the date that we learn of the four teams playing in the college football playoff. So now, it feels like the onus is going to be on the Big Ten 
in order to make some sort of ruling to either make Michigan ineligible for the postseason and thus eliminating them from the college football playoff or letting them play. At least according to reports on The Athletic and the and ESPN and Yahoo, the Big Ten doesn't want to make any decisions before all the information is found out. And we're basically waiting for the NCAA. I mean, isn't this enough right here? Resignation. Failure to cooperate. That screams guilty to me. So if you are Tony Petiti, if you are the Big Ten and you want some concrete evidence that Michigan cheated before you make a ruling on their eligibility or not for the college football playoff, there you go. You got to hand it to you on a silver platter. That right there, for me, is enough if you are the Big Ten to make a ruling and make Michigan ineligible for the college football playoff. Like, I think for me, this resignation, it means, like, there's no more gray area. Like, we talked a lot last week. If that word was used, allegedly, accusations, a lot of it was, yeah, the evidence seems pretty damning, but we have nothing sort of conclusive. We have nothing concrete so far to to go on in terms of if Michigan truly did cheat or not. But I think now, with this resignation, with the admission of guilt, I mean, with the, um, I should say, with the lack of participation in an investigation, that's guilt. Like, that's why, for me, the gray area is gone. You wouldn't resign from a position if you were, if what you were being accused of was false, right? If your boss accused you of illegally tampering with, I don't know, customer data to give you an advantage over everyone else and it wasn't true and what you were accused of did not happen, would you resign from your position? I don't think so. If what you're being accused of by another employer, let's just say, was false, wouldn't your company stand up for you and and have your back? Right? If what was being accused wasn't true? I would think so. And yet... Connor Stallions on Friday night resigned. And throughout this entire right now two, three-week saga where Michigan has been in the news about their alleged cheating and we learn more and more details, the one thing we did not hear from Michigan was saying that what, what Connor Stallions and what Michigan football is accused of was false. I didn't hear any Michigan employee, coach, athletic director, Anyone with that gold, or I should say maze, excuse me, with that maze M on their chest come out and say, these accusations are false. All we heard was Jim Harbaugh say, I had no knowledge of it. That's about it. Trying to free himself. No one has ever denied at Michigan the accusations were wrong or false. Which again, screams guilty. There's their silence right there is your proof, your evidence of what you need to come down and make a ruling in a timely fashion before again the postseason is played. This has been a great college football season. We don't need it ending with an asterisk. We don't need it ending with no winner. Where if Michigan wins it all and then the title is vacated next year, two years from now. We can't have this great season end with nothing. It's been a great movie. 
We don't want the screen to turn black. And you never find out how it ends. That's why now the onus is on the Big Ten. That's why now I think this resignation from Connor Stallions is exactly the proof you need to go off of to say, okay, clearly they cheated. He's not he's not participating in any investigation, which means he doesn't want to give anyone up, which means he knows this investigation and the people that are being questioned, they clearly know. Like if he did this on his own, let's just say, right? If he went rogue and he did all this illegal sign stealing by himself and nobody knew. Jim Harbaugh was in, let's just say somehow, you know, his head was buried in the sand. The coordinators had no idea. Wouldn't you then go through the investigation if you're Connor Stallions to bare minimum show that, hey, look, I was acting by myself and Coach Harbaugh, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, Sharon Moore, the co-offensive coordinator, like no one knew. This was me acting on my own, but the coaching staff had no idea they are free. I would assume the Michigan man that Stallions claims to be would have participated would have talked if, in fact, Jim Harbaugh had no knowledge of it. If his words and what he said wouldn't get Harbaugh in trouble. But he's no dummy. He knew the minute he participated and cooperated that Jim Harbaugh would be implicated. The rest of the, uh, rest of the coaching staff would be implicated. And it would be doomsday for Michigan football. So what did he do? Nothing. Silence. And that silence to me speaks volumes. Even in the limited, limited words we got from Connor Stallions, he and his uh, and his lawyer both put out a statement on Friday night. Even to me, his statement screams guilt. I want to read you just a very small snippet of it. This is from Connor Stallions' lawyer. Quote, Connor also wants to make it clear that, to his knowledge, neither Coach Harbaugh nor any other coach or staff member told anyone to break any rules or were aware of improper conduct regarding the recent allegations of advanced scouting. End quote. To his knowledge is one of the biggest cop-outs you could use. To his knowledge... Connor had no idea that, you know, or had no idea if Coach Harbaugh knew. All he was doing was just dropping these videos into a random Dropbox. He had no idea who had access to it. He just was blindly throwing these videos into a Dropbox and said, oh, hey, whoever wants it can have it. But I have no idea if Coach Harbaugh accessed it or not. And while you can say, if you're Stallions, well, I don't know if, if Coach Harbaugh knew or not. The video evidence that we have refutes that. There are multiple videos of Jim Harbaugh, of the defensive coordinator, of the offensive coordinator of Michigan on the sideline during games and right next to them. Not in the background, not off to the side, not standing by himself. Basically attached at the hip is Connor Stallions. This is a guy whose title is in recruiting. What recruiting staffer is standing next to the head coach during the biggest game of the season when you were playing at Ohio State last year? I don't know anyone. What would the point of that be? Right? Isn't your specialty trying to get kids 
to the school. So in theory, if you are working and recruiting, you have no game day responsibilities whatsoever. So you wouldn't need to be on the sideline, let alone next to the hip of Jim Harbaugh the entire game. Unless, unless, of course, Harbaugh knew, offense coordinator knew, defense coordinator knew. Which again, the video shows that. Which so, again, even in the statement that Stallions puts out there of, to my knowledge, Jim Harbaugh has no idea that I was doing all these acts and I was never directed by Jim to illegally get these signals. You can say that all you want. The video says otherwise. So the, the for me at least, this news on Friday night, Connor Stallions officially resigning from his position at Michigan. Him also failing to cooperate with any investigation going on into this case to me says he's guilty without saying he's guilty. And that's why for me, if you're the Big Ten, that is all the proof, that is all the evidence you need to feel confident and feel you are in the right by banning Michigan from the college football playoff this season. But I want to hear your thoughts on this at 855-212-4227. We discussed a lot a lot of this last week. So I don't really want to rehash that conversation, but I want to ask you this. Does this change? If you were still thinking this is not a big deal and Michigan should still be allowed to participate in the college football playoff last week, now that Stallions has resigned, now that you find out he's not participating in any investigation as to not give up, right, anyone else outside of him, does this change your opinion on the eligibility of Michigan for the college football playoff? Are you looking at this any differently today than you were a week from now? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Again, for me, I said it last week, and now I think we have the proof that we need. If found guilty of cheating, Michigan should not be allowed to participate in the college football playoff. I think this resignation is the proof we need to be able to race the judgment and feel confident that the ones making the decision are in the right. And that we won't look back on this three or four years from now and say, oh, wow, we made a grave mistake in banning Michigan when you know what? They actually were not doing anything wrong. The resignation, lack of participation, to me, cements the fact that Michigan cheated, and that's the evidence you need to make a decision right now. So this is, for me, I think Michigan is is out of the college football playoff picture. Out. But when we come back here on Hick at Night, I want to tell you three other teams. I, I said it before about 15 minutes ago. I think Saturday is going to be Elimination Saturday. We just got the college football playoff committee's rankings for the first time this season on Tuesday. And I think four teams, Michigan being one of them, inside the top 10 will be eliminated from college football playoff contention by this time tomorrow evening. Ryan Hickey here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We had the college football playoff committee rankings debut on Tuesday. So we finally now are entering really the the final home stretch here of the college football season. It's November. This is really where the contenders and the pretenders separate themselves in terms of making the college football playoff. 
And I think Saturday is going to be Elimination Saturday. We just got the rankings, and I think four teams inside the top 10 of those brand new committee rankings will have their college football playoff dreams ended by the time Saturday is over. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan, all having their college football playoff hopes and dreams dead. In the case of the Longhorns, Sooners, Crimson Tide, I think all three are losing. And with Michigan, I think now that you have the resignation of Connor Stallions, the fact that he is not participating in any sort of investigation screams he's guilty. Everyone on the Michigan coaching staff is involved and guilty. That's the smoking gun. That's the evidence you need to come to a conclusion that Michigan has cheated and they should not be allowed to participate in the college football playoff, which I think will happen. We may not get the ruling about Michigan's eligibility on Saturday, but I think now with this resignation we learned on Friday night, that's going to set the wheels in motion for Michigan to be ineligible for the college football playoff this season. So those are the four teams. The news of Michigan we got on Friday night and now the three teams I think are going to lose on Saturday is why this first weekend in November is going to be Elimination Saturday. LSU's offense, we just look at the uh, matchups really fast here. LSU's offense is the best offense in the country. 47 points per game they are averaging um, this season. They're going to outscore Alabama. I don't think Alabama's defense is good enough to slow them down, and I don't think Alabama's offense, even against a bad LSU defense, is consistent enough to take advantage. Like Alabama, especially offensively, has had good halves of games. They have never played a full 60-minute game. And I think you're going to have to play a full 60-minute game in order to keep up with LSU's high-flying offense that I don't think is going to slow down. Jaden Daniels has been tremendous. Malik Neighbors is really rounding into form. Texas had no problem throwing the ball against Alabama a few weeks ago. That Alabama secondary, I think, will be exposed a little bit. And we'll see LSU continue to put up the video game-like numbers they have so far for a large part of the season. I'm saying 41-24. LSU wins in Tuscaloosa. And Alabama... Again, their second loss of the um, season, they're done. We've never seen a two-loss team make the college football playoff. I don't think that's going to start this year in the final year of a four-team system. So LSU beating Alabama, ending the Tide's hopes, and making the college football playoff. I think Kansas State is going to beat Texas. Excuse me. As you can see, I still have this damn cough. Three weeks later, can't shake it. Please bear with me. I appreciate your patience. But Kansas State going to this game even though it's in Austin, it's the better team. The Longhorns will be without Quinn Ewers again in this game. So you're going to have Malik Murphy stepping in under center. And last week, I know it was his first start, did not look that impressive against BYU. Did not look very impressive whatsoever. Had two turnovers. The Longhorns were brutally bad in the red zone. And now you're going to face a really tough defense in the Wildcats. I don't think they're going to have offensively enough to win this game. Like, especially with Malik Murphy's a little bit inconsistency passing the ball, Texas's best roadmap to winning and beating Kansas State is running the ball. Problem for Texas, 
That's what K-State does extremely well, stopping the run. They're very balanced, good offense as well. Second best offense in the Big 12, Kansas State has, best defense in the conference. Very well balanced. I think that's going to be too much for Texas. I think Texas suffers their second loss of the season, and they're out. And to keep it in the Big 12, last, unfortunately, edition of Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, I think the Pokes are winning that game for a few reasons. Number one, I've been a big proponent on the show of Oklahoma's improved defense and believing in the Sooners to be a legitimate threat here in the college football playoff. The last few weeks, I've been proven wrong. Their defense has gone the other way really since the Texas game. They're allowing the last three games on average 177 yards per game on the ground. A big bugaboo for them. And now you look at this game, and now you have to face with a, with a rush defense that's been leaky, the number one running back in the country, Ali Gordon. 1,087 yards and counting so far this season. He's going to run right through this Oklahoma defense. And with that being the case, I don't see the Sooners getting enough stops to win this game. Not to mention, that crowd at Boone Pickens Stadium is going to be insane. Insane. Last bedlam, the Oklahoma State fans feel backstabbed at their in-state rivals leaving them and ditching them to go to the SEC. The Big 12, well, yes, they added a bunch of other teams, is still, again, clearly behind the Big 10, clearly behind the SEC. So still second fiddle in terms of premier conferences. That play, They're going to want blood. That is going to be one of the most raucous and rowdiest home field advantages we have seen in college football this season. It's going to be electric. I think that the team's going to feed off of that. It's going to be a rough day for the Sooners. They're going to get their second loss of the season. So Texas losing, they're done. Two losses. Alabama losing, they're done. Oklahoma losing, they're done. Three teams in the top 10 losing on Saturday, along with Michigan having the resignation of Connor Stallions. And his lack of cooperation for me is enough of enough guilt right there to convict them of cheating and ban them from the college football playoffs. So I think four teams on this first Saturday in November will have their college football playoff hopes and dreams crushed. Deadened. By the time we sit here this time tomorrow. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I want to get your thoughts here on Elimination Saturday and also on Michigan. Connor Stallions resigns. Does that change how you look at the Michigan um, cheating scandal? Jason is calling from Pittsburgh. What's up, Jason? Well, thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Thanks for making it, man. I'll start by saying that I'm not a Michigan fan. Okay. Um, but my thing is that videotaping and scouting other teams is something done at every level of the sport. I mean, you videotape the other team, you get their signals, you get their signs, you study them all week, you know, you try to know them as best as you can. Nowadays, you could just go online and watch tape of another team. So you don't even have to be in their stadium anymore. Well, but, let me ask you this, Jason. If that was the case, why is Michigan spending all this money going through all this effort to go to stadiums if you could just steal the signs off of TV copies? 
I mean, from what you could get from the TV, you know, it's one thing, but being there on the sideline like he was or being right there in the stadium gets you even more access to the signs and things like that. Right. But, and also his silence shouldn't equate to guilt. Equate to guilt. You're saying because you didn't hear from him, he's guilty. Right. And then you're saying that the entire coaching staff is also guilty. Right. So that's an assumption based on silence. Well, let me ask you this, Jason. If they were innocent, wouldn't they speak up? Wouldn't they try to fight back on these rumors and explain why these allegations are false? Well, my thing would be, like, just remove yourself from the situation, try to take away some of the negative publicity around a dream season that the kids are having. Because at the end of the day, I think the kids are the ones that are going to be, you know, shortchanged with if they're removed from the playoff or if they're punished for actions of, you know, one, one person on the staff. Or even, you know, if you're saying the head coach knew and was involved, but the kids are the ones that are punished for that, you know, and I don't think that's fair to them. Jason, you know, I think I appreciate I the call, buddy. I'm glad you brought that last point about the kids. I'm really glad because that's something we did not mention last week. Appreciate it. You're right, sure. Like if we if if Michigan is banned from the college wall plow, right? The the kids, the players are the ones getting punished. But this is also and you know who also is getting punished if you don't ban them from the college football playoff? Probably every other team in the top 10. If Michigan makes the college football playoff while cheating, you are robbing, bare minimum, one team that should have been in the playoff for not cheating. Those kids are robbed because their season was cut short because they're on the outside looking in because Michigan took their spot. And if Michigan wins a national championship, you are then robbing another team and another group of kids from winning a national title because the team that won it cheated. So we talk a lot about, oh, don't punish the kids at Michigan by banning them from the college football playoff. By not punishing them, you are also punishing, in a way, kids at other teams for letting a team that is allegedly, but the evidence seems right now, to point to the fact that they cheated by allowing them to continue to play and allowing a team with an advantage to continue, you are punishing kids on other teams indirectly. That's just as bad. So either way, kids are suffering here. Either Michigan's players aren't allowed to participate in the college football playoff or cheaters are allowed to continue and you're punishing another team by leaving them out of the college football playoff because Michigan took their spot. And if Michigan wins a national title, you are robbing another team and another and another group of kids from winning a national title. Either way, kids are being robbed here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I want to keep this conversation going here. Does how you look at right now the cheating scandal at Michigan with Connor Stallions resigning and not participating in any sort of investigation, does his silence mean complicitness? Does his silence speak volumes and assume guilt for Michigan. With November here and really the temperature dropping out of nowhere. I mean, I don't think this is just a New York or Northeast problem. This seems like a problem across the country where, like last week it was almost 70 degrees, and now this week it's been in the 40s and 50s all week. It just precipitously drops. So it kind of brings you to a nice warm place. So thank you for that, Alex. We're warmed up here on CBS Sports Reno, and hopefully that warmed you up as well. All right, it's Ryan Hickey with you. Hick at night on CBS Sports Radio talking about the resignation of Connor Stallions and the lack of participation in any investigation 
right now in terms of the Michigan cheating scandal, that to me says Michigan is guilty. Like that's all the proof I need to say Michigan cheated. TJ Johnston on Twitter does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three saying, I sound like a very biased Penn State fan. A man resigning does not result in admission of guilt. You need hard evidence, not speculation. This is nothing but speculation. I don't think this is speculation. I think I'm putting the facts together. Again, if he was... Michigan right is being obviously accused of sign stealing and having a major advantage in these games. If what was being accused wasn't true, why would then... Connor Stallions resigned from his position, who wrote a 500-page Michigan manifesto, who through reports, all he wants to do is support Michigan, be the next Michigan head coach, and watch them have success. All right, this is coming from, if you want to say a quote-unquote good place where he wants to win. Um, he loves that university. I don't think he's resigning from his position if he was innocent. I don't think Michigan is sitting idly by as he resigns and not fighting back on these allegations if they had proof that it wasn't true. I don't think he's going to not participate in investigations by the NCA and others if he knew he had incriminating evidence that would get Jim Harbaugh and other coaches in trouble. That's why he's being silent because he knows if he opens his mouth... Everyone else is going to get in trouble. So if you were innocent, I don't think what we just saw on Friday night is going down. I don't think that you are resigning and not participating if what is being accused is false. So for me, this is the evidence, kind of the smoking gun you need if you're the Big Ten and you are kind of now the the governing body, if you will, that's going to be most responsible for issuing a punishment, I think this is all the the evidence you need to say, you know what? We can feel confident going forward and punishing Michigan and not worry if we got to write, excuse me, or worry if not all the facts are there. This is the smoking gun you need. I'm curious your thoughts here. If you think any differently now about Michigan and their cheating scandal, now that Connor Stallions has resigned And now also that you learn that he is not participating in any sort of investigation with the NCAA or other investigating bodies. Tom is calling from Detroit. What's up, Tom? Hey, Ryan. What's going on, man? Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. But the the gentleman before us touched on the, the main point about the players. I mean, if you take Michigan out of the championship game or, or the playoffs, then you have kids that are capable of going in the first round. Now you're pushing them to what? Third, fourth round? How is that fair? I mean, well, you want to get rid of Let's Harbaugh, say, for example, J.J. Okay. McCarthy's stock is going to drop from a first rounder to a third rounder if they're well, ineligible for the college football playoff. Okay, well, he's a high visual guy. So uh, what about the linemen, the offensive linemen, the guards? I mean, uh, people are – like, careers are scouting. I Again, I don't think – that if you just by just eliminating Michigan from the college football playoff, that draft stocks all across the Michigan team are going to drop. Well, how how is that fair to the guys who've been playing their bugs off all 
all year. Well, let me I ask mean, you this, Tom. How is it fair to the rest of college football this is true, to allow a team that's cheating to keep on playing? How is that fair? And and what is this evidence that everybody talks about? Evidence. Okay, either I live under a rock, but they haven't come out with anything. You haven't seen the videos? You no. haven't seen that, that teams have surveillance video of the t- – like, you didn't see the, the, the ticket purchases and the, the tracing back to – Connor Stallings, you haven't seen that teams have had surveillance camera in stadiums of the seats that were bought by Stallions and given out to others that on the surveillance video have people in those seats, their phones out recording the entire time. There's no evidence of the record. There's no evidence of Connor Stallions standing next to a recruiting guy, staying next to coaches and Jim Harbaugh. And how many other it's Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State. You do not need a recruiting advisor, recruiting staffer next to the head coach in the biggest game of the season if he was not providing some sort of intel or benefit to the on-field play, right? I I, I disagree. I mean, he's just standing there. Well, I mean, he's a top recruiter. He could right, be but what does recruiting have to do when you're playing Ohio State in the shoe on a Saturday? Maybe he's just a very intelligent guy. Uh, I mean, okay. uh, very smart guy. Uh, whatever. I just I think you're crucifying Michigan and and their players like they're all cheaters, and I, I just totally disagree with that. Well, t- what evidence says otherwise at this point? Again, I don't think you're resigning if you're an innocent man. What, where is the evidence? That's what I'm saying. I just Nobody told you, Tom. said tied Harbaugh or, or any of the coaching staff to this guy and, and said that they had knowledge of this. I, well, I just of course they're going to say that. Do you believe them, Tom? I'm, I'm assuming you're a Michigan fan, so it sounds like you 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 take Jim Harbaugh at his word. That he so, had no idea what, this was going on. Here's what I take. I take the Michigan players who played their heart out. All year long, and everybody's trying to crucify them and take take away their talent as a team. But again, Tom, my okay? point is this: if, if went, you have if a group of uh, if you have a team end, that's cheating, eight, no. how is that they're fair to the rest of college football to allow them to play? The Answer the question. Title. Answer right? the question, Tom. What was the question again? If you have Michigan, if you allow them to keep playing while cheating, how is that fair to the rest of college football? What do you mean? The, the cheating's over if they were cheating because the scallions is gone, right? No, so that, now that, if they, no it's if not they just it's over. The rest of the what year, do you mean? It's just that's anything is just dead and gone now? It's, it's not over? They have Penn State signals. They have Ohio State signals. They got an advantage Who, in games earlier this season doesn't? and last year. It's not what over just because doesn't? he's Everybody gone has now. Everybody's. That's not the Everybody, case, Tom. That's not the case. I hate to say it, you're selling a biased Michigan fan now. You want to, you want to stick up for your squad, fine, but then just don't allow the maize and blue delusion or or maize and blue rose colored glasses here. Color right, maize and blue colored glasses. Jeez, bunch of that phrase to impact your judgment. Look at the facts. That's what we're trying to work with here. Eddie's calling from California. What's up, Eddie? Hey man, how's it going? It's going, man. We're we're hanging. How you doing, man? Good, good. I want to preface this by saying I am a huge Michigan fan. Okay. And um, this whole story is um, as disappointing as it can get because this team this year is absolutely loaded, and the proof will be here in a few months when the NFL draft uh, comes to play uh, in April or whatever month it is. And that's one thing that I want to negate this idea that, 
oh, they're finally good because of this controversy. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy has something to do with that. I think Blake Corum, Aiden Hutchinson has something to do with that. I, I think it's a bit dumb to say that because they beat Ohio State two years in a row that something must be weird or odd. I mean, Ohio State beat Michigan like 15 out of 16 years. And yep. Nobody said, hey, there must be something weird going on over there. This isn't Southwest Louisiana Tech that all of a sudden became good. This is a football school. Now, I do want to say that I do think they knew uh, what was going on and what was happening. I do find it odd and honestly crazy that this guy found the coaching staff's gear of Central Michigan. Michigan. (laughs) I mean, not only did he find his way on the sidelines, the dude was wearing the coaching staff's gear. He he went all out of the bit, Eddie. He went straight James Bond. I do want to say, though, that as crazy as it may sound, in a court of law, it isn't what you think you know. It's what you can prove. And although I think they knew what was going on, I guess you can argue that this guy went rogue and did it on his own. The the guy is strange. He is weird. The guy wrote like some sort of independent manifesto That's book. Right. Um, th- there's so many different twists and turns. Um, as far as signal stealing, I do also want to say that Ohio State did say that they heard of this pattern, and they changed their signals before last year's meeting. Okay. Um, I, I, I find it, and, and every team, if you're smart, you should change your signals. I mean, my gosh, how many times do we see coaches covering their mouths? Eddie, I you think know, that you, last point is harder, like easier said than done. Appreciate the call, man. I think it's a lot easier said than done right now to say, oh, just change your signals every week. There's a lot of signals to change, man. There's a lot. And when you have, again, when you're talking about student athletes that, have to go to class, whether they do or not, it's a different story. But it's like you only get so much time during the week, and even if you're changing your signals, think about what that's taking away from something else. Even if you're right, and let's say Ohio State changed their signals. Well, that takes a lot of time, and that means there's less time to game plan for Michigan, to get ready to try to figure out, you know, expose their weaknesses and make sure your offense is on point because you're spending half the week changing your signals because... They have a, because Michigan has an unfair advantage you're trying to negate. So even if you change them, it still takes time out of your game plan to fix right now what you're doing in order to get on the right track here.